Welcome to the Revolution Podcast. This is part two of Your EV Questions Answered. There was a great article in Consumer Reports recently where they addressed many of the common EV questions that they get asked all the time. We'll post a link to that article in the episode description. So check out the article. And if you haven't already, please listen to part one of our conversation with Jeff, who's the lead automotive investigative reporter at Consumer Reports. And with that said, we'll jump right in. And another common concern we see, and I'm sure you see it a lot as well, is cold weather. So there's a lot of research around how cold weather can affect the performance of a vehicle. And one quick point that's often missed there is all vehicles. So an internal combustion engine is uh, also going to be less efficient uh, in cold temperature versus versus you know more normalized temperatures. But um, what does your research show with EVs and cold weather? Yeah, so we, I mean, th- this is a real issue, right? It, th- this isn't a conspiracy <laughs> against uh, the sure. EV industry. And I think why this hasn't come up as much earlier is that, um, you know, the by far the biggest EV market in the country is California. You know, and there, there are a lot of reasons for that. I mean, California has had severe air quality problems, you know, dating back to the 1940s and 50s. They had their first regulations in the country for clean air, their legislation that governs the auto industry and tailpipe emissions predates like the establishment of the the federal EPA. And they have they have had since the 90s this law called the the ZEV mandate, the zero emissions vehicle mandate that uh, has called for manufacturers to hit certain new numerical targets for selling EVs as a, as a percentage of their overall fleet. So they've always been sort of out in the, the forefront of the electric vehicle market, but they really dominate. If you ever look at the sales numbers, uh, I mean, California is a big state anyway. They totally dominate the electric vehicle market. And one of the interesting things about that is I think California has almost perfect weather for an EV, right? Like they don't yes. have, they don't have uh, real winter in in a lot of a lot of the state, uh, and certainly not like Southern California or San Francisco. You know, this this cold weather issue hasn't come up for them, but it really has come up in a big way as uh, northeastern states have looked at following California's lead on the ZEV mandate and encouraging more. Uh, EV ownership. You know, I think the basic question is, or the basic answer to this question is, you're going to have some reduced range in your EV in really cold weather, but there are also there are things that you can do to mitigate it. Uh, so one one thing that the manufacturers say is, you know, keep your car in the garage if if you have one, that will help preserve some of your range. And then there are also things you can do uh, when charging. So Tesla has a feature where uh, you can turn on your your climate control system while the vehicle is charging, and that's going to help with that battery chemistry and help minimize that loss of range 
in cold weather. And that's something you, you shouldn't <laughs> do in a regular car, right? Like you, right. your regular car in the garage, you know, if you turn it on, you're going to fill up your house with carbon monoxide and yes. that can kill you. But, but with an EV, you can actually do that. And, it, you know, you won't, you won't have that same toxic gas buildup preconditioning basically right so right. getting the the cabin temperature to a more comfortable level while it's still plugged in and pulling from you know the the charging equipment basically so yeah that helps and the other thing too there is i think as as the batteries continue to evolve and as the range of the batteries is bigger hopefully that will become less and less of an issue i think we're already seeing that to some yeah degree at least yeah i think the 200 mile and plus range evs uh people are much less concerned about this than they were with the first generation of evs yes 70 miles and if it's cold maybe you're looking at 30 or 40 that's that's a concern so uh much better where where we are today with with the batteries so if we could stay there for a minute so we see a lot of developments in the news about better battery designs chemistries removing cobalt all of these you know pretty pretty scientific type developments but a frequent question asked by someone considering EVs that doesn't currently have one is usually something like is my electric vehicle battery going to wear out like my smartphone does yeah so they you you are like any battery your ev battery will will lose some of its range you know over time but we're not seeing we're not seeing batteries wear out in a couple years like phone batteries can right and and we're not seeing people have to to swap out their their battery packs in three or five years. I think the the best uh, research we found on this there there's a company called Geotab in in Canada that uh, looked at data over a wide number of EVs from different manufacturers over several years, and what they come came up with is a um, a rule of thumb where uh, your EV batteries should lose about 2.3% of their starting range per year. And so we did the math on, on a couple of models. So if you, if you had a, like a, a current generation Nissan Leaf that has 140 mi- 49 miles of range when you buy it, after about five years, you'll have a reduced range of about 132 miles. And with a Tesla Model 3, if you buy it with like a 250 mile range at the beginning, after five years, it'll it'll have 88% of that or 221 miles. So it it's a degradation, but it's it doesn't seem like after five years, you're going to have a, a material difference, right? That would cause you to think like it's time to get rid of that EV. After 10 years on the Model 3, we did the the calculation and it would have it would still have 102 192 miles of range, 
And after 15 years, it would, you know, that original 250 miles would be down to 164 miles. So it's going to be a personal decision with everything, uh, as with everything. But if you're intending to hold on to that EV for a really long time, you know, it will be it will become an issue for you at some point, And it just sort of depends on what you're going to be using that car for at that point. Yeah. And I think that highlights all of the innovation happening in the battery space. So I think that as this continues to evolve, that will get better and hopefully allow for things like faster charging and some other benefits there. But also I think it highlights the important point that larger batteries, so a battery with longer range is still important. So there's this this sort of subset of the industry that's saying that, look, we can actually do low-cost EVs with 120 miles, 150 miles of range, low-cost, and that's plenty of range for most people. And while that's true, when we look at winter driving and we look at you know the battery degradation over time, it becomes even more even more important to have a battery with a more sizable range to handle the winter driving and to handle the battery loss over time. Yeah. And I, I've covered the auto industry long enough to remember uh, that this was an issue. Um, the, the original uh, Toyota Prius, you know, in the early two thousands, people, people who were kind of discounting the Prius and whether, whether it would work over the long term, talked about the batteries and having how, how they would wear out and how expensive it would be to replace them. And what we actually found was that uh, the batteries held up uh, much better than, than people were predicting at the, at the beginning of, of the Prius uh, life cycle. And, and that even if they did wear out after you know, 200,000 miles or more, like by that time, there had been this big secondary market of uh, battery manufacturers uh, who kind of stepped up and were offering replacement packs or reconditioned battery packs that were much cheaper than, you know, that original manufacturer you know original manufacturer of battery pack that you would have had installed at the dealership within the first couple of years of the prius existing and we already with the nissan leaf if if you called a nissan dealer today and said how much would a replacement battery pack cost it would be hugely expensive you know like twelve twelve thousand dollars but in japan uh where there are a lot more of these vehicles on the roads Nissan itself already has a program where a replacement pack will cost $3,000. So that's, that's a lot cheaper. And that, I mean, that's still expensive, but it's, you know, it's akin to if you had a, a gasoline powered car and you needed a new engine, you know, you'd be spending something like that. It's an issue that, you know, it could happen, but it seems uh, rare and, by and I think with with this current generation of EVs of 200 miles or more that are are really so new, right? Like they're really only 
we're, we're only a few years old in this trend. Uh, by the time that this is an issue with these cars, you know, maybe 10 or 15 years down the line, there, there very well may be a lot of other solutions, including, you know, just going to a junkyard and, and getting, getting a battery pack that will keep that old car, you know, running for a few more years. That's a great point, too. It will continue to evolve. And again, I think the innovation it really speaks to the innovation that's happening compared to where we were five years ago, 10 years ago, where we are today, and where we will be in another three years or five years with, with the battery technology. You know, I think things are moving the right direction there. So with used vehicles too. So as there are more and more new EVs coming on market, as we see most major manufacturers have announced they will start electrifying their lineups, partly due to consumer interest, but also due to regulations as well. A point that's often missed there is as there are new, more new vehicles on the market, that also means at some point we will see more used vehicles in the secondary market as they come off of lease, as the original owner is selling it. So what does the market for a used EV look like in your experience and your research? Yeah, so it, this is another one that really depends on the vehicle. A couple of years ago, or maybe a year and a half ago, I did this story about buying a used Leaf. And at that time, uh, gas had been cheap and had just gotten cheaper. And uh, a bunch of used Leafs were coming onto the used car market, like their their three-year leases were up. And... Um, it was really cheap, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, and and I think that's still true today. Uh, I think you could get a used Leaf, uh, especially like the original uh, version of the Leaf that has a range of under 100 miles. You can probably pick one of those up for ten thousand dollars or less, as opposed to I don't know what what they cost new, like thirty thirty five thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah, probably around it. Yeah. So you you can really like if you really want an EV and you don't need that longer range EV, there are definitely bargains out there. And and at that time I would I was really seeing the same thing happening with the Chevy Volt, which is not a it's not a pure EV, but it's a plug-in hybrid. And even today, you know, you can pick up a three year old uh Volt for you know, 15,000 or, or less. So those, those are among the bargains, right? That if you, if you're hoping for that same kind of thing to happen with a Tesla, you're going to be out of luck because yeah. Teslas are, I mean, they're in very high demand new. They're also like, they're holding their used values extremely well. And I, I was just before the show here, I was looking at uh, listings on cars.com and used Teslas are, are still very, very expensive. I mean, they're, they're uh, Model S, Model X. I mean, you're going to pay 70000 or more for a used one. And in, even uh, the Model 3, which, you know, was supposed to, uh, I mean, that was supposed to be their $35,000 starter EV. And it, it never really worked out that way because they were selling 
the more expensive versions first, and those more expensive versions are are typically going for you know fifty or sixty thousand dollars new. You know, I'm seeing a couple year old Model Threes for still like forty six thousand, fifty thousand. So they're you know they're holding their values well, and that I mean that's something that you see with sports cars or just just really really popular models There's certain manufacturers that have like really reliable cars you know the the used used car values don't depreciate as much as other vehicles so and we're we 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 don't know yet if that's unique to tesla or if that is something that we're going to see with other uh, longer range uh, EVs, but uh, I, I think the question would be for for someone who's looking at a used EV, figure out what you want, and if you if you can live with some of the restrictions on some of the the older EVs, then there there are a lot of bargains out there. That's a great point, especially because that first generation has such a low range. The cost of them is pretty low, right? Like you can yeah. get a Chevy, to your point, a Chevy Volt, a Nissan Leaf, a, a Ford C-Max plug-in hybrid, something like that for typically under under 15,000, oftentimes under 10 even uh, as well, if we're looking at like a first generation Leaf or Volt right now. Yeah. So there's options out there. There's downsides to that as well, but a lot of people could probably could probably make something like that work in a lot of a lot of situations and as more of these larger range vehicles start hitting the market there should be some more options out there as well on the used market yeah and it's like that the the original buying proposition for these lower range EVs was it might be fine if it's your second car right or if it if it's just a commuter car and you're driving it to work 10 miles and back each day, it might serve all of your needs. And, you know, and you, you will not have to go to the gas station, right? And you are, are likely to have lower maintenance costs. So um, in, in a situation like that, it, it could work. Yeah, it definitely can. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff, for giving us your insight and expertise here. Uh, definitely some great information that provide a lot of value for those listening. So thank you for taking some time out to spend talking about EVs and letting me pick your brain a little bit around some of your some of your research. Yeah, it was my pleasure and sounds like you'll link to our article. Yeah, I should just let your listeners know that if if they're in the market for an actual EV, there's tons and tons of information about all of the models for sale on the on the Consumer Reports website. Yeah, thank you for pointing that out as well. Definitely a lot of great resources and information around there. And listeners, I hope you found this information helpful. Hope you found it valuable and maybe learned something new. We didn't have time to cover all of the questions that Jeff addressed in his article. I do recommend that you check that out. Uh, We will link that in the description of the episode but also check out Consumer Reports' website as well for much more 
information around EVs. And thank you again for listening to the Revolution Podcast. Thank you.